You, you're still dangerous, but you can be my wingman anytime. Bull, you can be mine. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Welcome back to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, a weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, ex-movie theater projectionists, new and old friends take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? This weekend, Paramount Pictures invites you to take off. I feel the need. With Top Gun. First speed. Woo! Rock and roll. Top Gun, rated PG. What a terrible... It's like only... I'll fix the audio on that. You and I only heard it out of our left ears. But uh, what a weird trailer. <laughs> it was like a TV spot. It was a little weird. Yeah. And welcoming back from Top Gun Maverick and Top Gun Pods, my good friend Dan Hangman Sukulich. Welcome back, man. Dude, today is the, the pot of truth. Yeah. This is where we get into the nitty gritty of... Was there redemption or not? Yeah, is there redemption or not? Good, good, good take. Let's, uh, let's just jump right into popcorn trivia. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. So I've got a few here. When the students are being briefed by Charlie in the hangar, Maverick explains that he gave the bird to a MiG. She asks how he saw the MiG up close, and he says he was flying inverted. Right then, Ice coughs, (laughs) and the guys laughed. The bullshit line was ad-libbed by Val Kilmer, and everyone's reactions are genuine. (laughs) I really like that That's part of the, of the movie, and I, now I know why. I loved it. Yeah, it, and like Goose's the way that he reacted to it was great too. <laughs> no, really, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it sounds like a lot of the lines are ad lib because the script was kind of a skeleton script. So yeah, that was great. Speaking of Val Kilmer, he did not want to be in this film, but was forced to by contractual obligations. Tony Scott reassured him, quote, I know that the script is insufficient, but it will get better, Val. Wait until you see the jets. They take your breath away. Kilmer ended up liking the movie, saying, all in all, the movie was both a blast and an education. Well, and it it sounds to me like, you know, based on some of his thoughts on on the second one and, and how he felt about being in the second one, that this was probably you know a, something in his career that was you know a, a pinnacle of, of his career so yeah it had to great. have he uh, he for sure was probably do you think he was bigger than tom cruise at the time or no no no, no tom tom cruise is he's been pretty big for a long time so i i don't think so man so tom cruise he did Oh, yeah. He was bigger than Mel Kilmer. So he was in Endless Love, Taps, Losing It, then The Outsiders and Risky Business, then All the Right yep. Moves, then Legend, then Top Gun. So, yeah, he was on, he was rising and rising. For he, sure. Well, yeah, he was, he was 
be in orbit, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably true. Jerry Bruckheimer on convincing Tom Cruise to sign on to the film after his initial reluctance, quote, says, so they take Tom up there and they do five G's. They do barrel rolls. They do everything. He's having, he's heaving in the plane. And he gets on the tarmac and runs to a payphone and says, I'm in. I'm doing the movie. I love it. This is great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's the power of that's, that's what we've been saying all along. Like if we need to get more civilians up in honking in, in jets. Yeah, for sure. No one had ever buzzed the tower at Miramar before. The Navy pilots who were flying the scenes for the film drew straws to see who would get to do it. It went to Lieutenant Commander Lloyd Bozo Abel. Michael Ironside just happened to be at the hangar that day, and the plane flew low enough that he could see into the cockpit as it flew by. He said it was one of the most spectacular things he had ever seen. That's awesome. I bet it was, oh man. Oh, my gosh. Because... And we made, I made reference to this in the last one, but, you know, we grew up around Hill Air Force Base in in northern Utah. Lots of planes flying around. Well, yeah, like every day of our lives, we we had jets flying around us. And so when when they are low, they are an incredible, incredible mechanical feat. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying the jets in both of these films are the best part of of the movie for me. Um, and it's such yes, a 100%. very visceral, grabs you, man. Like, it's so powerful in the sound, especially. So I wanted to go, I went down the rabbit hole with like, I'm sure some of this is bull crap, but some of the people who were asked to be in the film and who maybe turned down roles, so listen to this list. Again, some of it's probably crap, but Matthew Modine turned down the role of Maverick because he objected to the film's Cold War politics. Oh, jeez. Get out of here, Matthew Modine. Seriously. <laughs> he was going to be the title role. Imagine it, that. Can you happening? imagine? Yeah. Yes. Right. The, like where that would have taken them versus where, where they ended up. And look, like Modine has had... A, fairly good career but nothing compared to Cruz. no no here's a here's this is the list that i'm not sure is true but it says these are these are people that have turned down the role of maverick patrick swayze emilio estevez nicholas cage john cusack matthew broderick sean penn michael j fox scott bale and tom hanks there's no way all those people turned no, it down. There's no way. There's maybe no way. Maybe they were they, just maybe in, in a conversation. Yeah, maybe they were considered for the role. Yeah. But like that maybe list, they were on the first draft of the list. Yeah. I mean, that list is a really good. That's what you would pick sure. for this role at that time. Those names are perfect. Yeah. No, 100%. But I, it's not like this was an obscure, you know, indie project. Like this, this had clearly a, a good budget at the time, it seems, as well as an incredible director, polished producers, executive producers. Yeah. But Bruckheimer. There's, yeah. there's no. Or no, Don yeah, Simpson. Like, yeah, Don Simpson. Yeah, there's no, there's no way that all those people are turning it down. But th- that is interesting because I would love to see some of them as, as Maverick. I think it would be. 
Yeah. Pretty incredible to watch. Here's a couple more names that were considered, according to this article that I read. Charlie Sheen, again, not turned down, according to that last list, but Charlie Sheen, Jim Carrey, Rob Lowe, Kevin Bacon, Eric Stoltz, and Robert Downey Jr. were considered for the role. It says Sheen, who was deemed too young for the role, would later go on to spoof the role in the comedy Hot Shots in 1991. <laughs> awesome movie. <laughs> And then it says here, John Travolta was considered for the role of Maverick, Maverick, but his agent's asking price for him was too high, especially in light of his recent box office flops. <laughs> That's all I got for trivia. Okay, good. That's, those are some good ones. I, those are legit. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I like those. Uh, let's get into yep. uh, this, 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 this. Here we go. Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? Popcorn beefs. So, I ha- again, I try to sprinkle in a little bit of trivia with my beefs, and then I'll give you my personal beefs. But stunt pilot Art Scholl was killed during the production of the movie, age 54. He died when his Pitts S2 camera plane failed to recover from a flat spin and plunged into the Pacific Ocean. Scholl's last words over the radio were, I have a problem. I have a real problem. The exact cause of the crash was never determined, and neither the aircraft nor Scholl's body were ever recovered, and the film was dedicated really? to him. I don't remember ever hearing about that, or even no. remember even this last time seeing that it, the film was dedicated to him. That's, that's gnarly. Wow. So my beef yeah. is that we lost someone because of this film. Yeah, that's terrible. And it's no surprise since last time we talked in in the first or we reviewed the second one first but the signature volleyball scene featuring a glistening tom cruise and val kilmer has remained a pop culture fascination for 36 years to capture the magic scott burned an entire day on filming and yeah no joke because the scene is like 25 minutes something the studio did not expect for the scene which was only a paragraph long in the script that scene was scripted as a real game. Editor Chris Lebenzon says on this week's episode of THR's Behind the Screen podcast, says they kept score and everything, and Tony shot it like a commercial, and they were really angry. Added fellow editor Billy Weber, the studio was so pissed off. The head of production, Charlie McGuire, he said, I'm going to fire him because he spent a whole day shooting this scene, reflects Weber on the anger over the volleyball scene. And then, of course, it turns out it's one of the most famous scenes in a movie. Well, yeah, that's why the dude should stay in the office and, and Tony Scott should be directing. I mean, I, ha- I hate studio execs, but I'm with them on this one. Let's, let's, shorten, that, uh, let's shorten that scene up. Way I know, like I know. You just heard <laughs> that it's the most one of the most iconic scenes. I know. I, ever. I I talk about it in part two of Top Gun Maverick, where I I lost out on some on a lady because she was so engrossed with that scene. And and I have a passion for sand volleyball because of this movie and yeah. that scene. Yeah. Uh, speaking of love. We were talking about man love there for a second, but the love scene between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis was included at the behest of the studio who were concerned about the degree of male eroticism in the movie. 
Dude, I I actually spoke with my wife about this this morning, but there was huge controversy over the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Huge controversy. Which now it's no big deal, but like back then it uh, people I bet I, I mean the studio was like, oh, "What's going on here? Why is all this mad boiled up?" But yeah. Yeah, well I mean, there were there were cities trying to ban it from from theaters. Really? There there was a I huge don't remember up, that. Yes, man. Oh man, I remember it like like it was yesterday. Um in fact, I remember my parents talking about it, and it's just like it's shocking how far the Overton window has has shifted. Because now you you literally see full full frontals of both male yeah. and female. Yeah, yeah, and I would say Crazy. I would say there's more male nudity now than there is female nudity. Seems that way. Yeah. <laughs> So if you like, which is maybe why I don't watch movies anymore. <laughs> if you like male nudity, this is, this is your, this is the age for you. It's your, your time, the golden age <laughs> of film. <laughs> well, so, I mean, generally just my beef is, I, I'm not kidding you. When I watched this, I, I was like bored at times, man. I almost fell asleep at one point. And it wasn't because I w- we didn't watch this super late. It was just like, I was kind of looking at my, w- I'm sorry. I, I, it was boring for me, man. It could have it so been. You don't think it was a good movie at all. So if I'm comparing it, and I, I guess I was going to do this at the end, but if I'm comparing this from how I reacted when I watched this as a young man versus now, it's for sure a better movie than I remember it. But. Okay. Uh, it is not, I'm at, I'm probably close to where the p- critics are, which is, we talked about this last week. They're at like 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I'm probably right there. I'm like a C, a C minus, uh, you know, I'm probably, I mean, if we're getting into this right now, my rating would probably be uh, a medium bucket, man, which is what okay. three, three out of five stars, medium bucket of popcorn. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think that that for the, the the listeners that know me and remember, like I'm I'm the nostalgia guy, and I think nostalgia will will always will always elevate a film for me. I agree. Um, I agree to that a hundred percent. And so I, I think that's that's the thing for me because realistically, both the movies are the same thing. Right, like, like they're they're no literally the no same way. movie. I mean, I guess from a story standpoint, they're kind of the same, but the second one is <laughs> infinitely better. <laughs> Bro, hold on, I'm talking about a story standpoint. I okay, know yeah, okay, one, but, so, okay. The story is sim- very similar. Yeah, that they they go to Top Gun school. There's some sort of conflict that they get called to. And they go and, and accomplish mission, lose some along the way, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, it, it is, like, so seriously, look at the storylines, and they're almost identical. But but to the second one's credit, Mavericks, uh, Top Gun Mavericks credit, I love the twist of him being the instructor. That's awesome. 
it makes that better to me. The story is better because of that twist. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to a degree, he's not an instructor because he still gets in a plane at the end. So oh. like, it's not like he's passing the mantle, right? It's because everyone wants him in the plane, man. They don't want him oiled up on the freaking beach. They want him flying around shooting people, man. First of all, we need him in both places. All right. Um, but, but, but yeah, like it, it was just a newer version of, of this. Okay. Okay. I disagree. It's very much better, but yes. Okay. Well, okay. Since we're already on ratings, we're going to get into popcorn puzzles and redemption. Maybe, okay. maybe we'll save yours for redemption because you're going to talk about how much you like this. And I want to know why yes. I want to know how in the, freaking crap is this better in your opinion than than the second one so let's get let's get into puzzles ask sphincter says what what a sphincter says what what exactly exactly so this i included this in puzzles because i never knew their names and some of them aren't even said in the film so i i thought it was interesting to know them that's all this is it's not a negative but like maverick tom cruise's uh let's see if you can name them okay what's tom cruise's rank and name full name lieutenant pete mitchell yes you got it okay one out of one out of three i only have three goose i don't know lieutenant nick bradshaw junior grade okay lieutenant junior grade bradshaw iceman is kazanski yeah, Tom Kazansky. So I only have a couple more popcorn puzzles. Um, okay. Here's one. Both John Carpenter and David David Cronenberg turned down the chance to direct again. How, how do you how, how do you feel about John Carpenter doing this kind of stuff? That would have been weird, right? Yeah, I mean he's he's the the father of, of horror films. Yeah. I mean, has I, he done anything serious like this, or that they all been horror films? Now I'm curious. So I'm going to go down that Google let's rabbit see. hole on this as well. I mean, no, dude. He's all horror. Yeah, bro. Let's see. Halloween, uh, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Big Trouble, Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live. Escape from L.A., Ghosts of Mars, Vampires. No, I don't think. Well, he, Escape from Escape from L.A. is going to be a documentary soon. No, he did the movie Escape from L.A. And, <laughs> no, oh. I'm saying that it's going to be uh, okay. like uh-huh. California is not far off from from that. Uh, okay, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean I don't think so. Yeah, I I think he, that would have been great, and I can't believe someone. And of course, everything on the internet is true. So maybe, maybe he didn't get offered the chance to direct. But and both Cronenberg also. I should probably know Cronenberg, but I don't. No, he's also a horror movie. That is strange, though. And then I brought this up last week about the Pepsi commercial. Yeah, I went and watched it today, um, and. <laughs> It's, it's it's awesome he like i mean it's cheesy but they played it in front of the vhs and he had he had a pr- problem getting his <laughs> his beverage it was a it was a pepsi 
bottle that came out of some like cryogenic frozen like little cylinder and it pops out and he, he can't get it out. And so he has to go inverted to pour it into his cup in order to drink it. So th- that reminds me of something since we're, we're on talking about previous episodes. Did you ever, I looked for the Kenny Loggins. I also did. record. I also did. I couldn't find Does, it. I could not find it either. So either someone <sighs> doesn't want us to hear it or it doesn't exist. But but they said that he recorded it for the show and I and Tom said no, we're using the original version. Negative. So maybe maybe it's just on his huh. hard drive at home. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I, I maybe I'll I'll give another gander today. Yeah, maybe you need to go a little deeper to find this Kenny Evans yeah. cut. Because it would be yeah, fun to yeah. hear. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So the other two puzzles I have, the film was originally going to have a scene near the end where Maverick visited Goose's grave. A filmed version of this scene was never released. However, still screenshots from what such a scene would have looked like are available on the special edition DVD. Do you have that? I don't. But I don't think that would have been inappropriate to have in there. That's why I put it in puzzles. I feel like that would have been an awesome. I feel like Goose needed a little more. I don't know. I wanted. I wanted some closure. Yeah, I wanted some closure with Goose. He was such a upbeat, fun. Like he was. Most of the jokes were because of Goose. Yeah, I don't know. He kept it loose for sure. Loosey goosey. Uh, like I could have like pictured, I don't know, like him tossing some some wings on the grave or something. Because I'm pretty sure that you get mission medals. Mm. So you know, there's a lot they could have done with that. Yeah, I agree. They they should have they should have kept that in for sure. Yeah. Or even in the second one, maybe there was a small scene where he's, you know, talking to him yeah. about his son, you know, and like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to do my best here, you know. I don't know. Boy, that's that's tough though, because in the second one, he's got to do the funeral for Iceman. Oh, so two grave like, sides that would be might pretty, be that might be much. too many. Okay, that well, might be too many. At might least for one, a few young men and and women from joining the. The armed forces, there, my friend. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted a, I wanted a graveside scene. Yeah, I, I think it would have been, I think it would have been good. And I wonder if originally it was written in, but because of the problems that Kilmer was, you know, has as far as from a talking standpoint, that they were really flipped the script and kind of it was a good fit as far as, as how they wrote him out. So maybe. So I have one more puzzle and this one's kind of long, but I want your take because you like this so much. So there were online debates on various websites and on YouTube on who was responsible for Goose's death in the movie. In the film, Maverick is cleared of the incident, as we see in the movie, and told that he's not at fault for the plane entering the spin. Some speculated that Maverick was directly responsible for Goose's death and that it was his fault. As I spent. Oh, Okay. Well, they're saying it's his fault because in the chase of Jester, Maverick continued the leftward turn to follow Jester and swept through Iceman's jet wash as Iceman moved up and to the right. And Maverick followed too closely behind Iceman and refused to back off. 
and Maverick didn't take a less dangerous position because he wanted to get a better shot of Jester. Others speculate, what you just said, that it was Iceman's fault because Maverick told Iceman to break high right, and he went left, causing Maverick to get caught in his jet stream, and he took too long and just had to keep trying to get a lock on the enemy fighter. So you you think it's Iceman for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. In fact, it's it's funny you bring this up because in the other 332 times that I've seen this movie, I, I never even thought for a second about Iceman being culpable until I I watched it again. So, so this I, last time I, you were persuaded that it's Iceman's fault. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was what about 45 seconds of nonstop. Hey, I've got the shot. I've got the shot. I've got the shot. So it's Iceman. Well, listeners tweet me or message me on Instagram. Who do you you think? Whose fault was it? I should put a poll, see what we can get. I'll put one on, I'll put one on Spotify and see, see what we get. But yeah, I kind of feel like it was, it was Iceman just because of the, the jet stream. Yep. His his jet wash as they call it. Yep. Hundred percent. Do you have any other puzzles? That's the last one I had. No, I think those are absolutely great. And the I I'm still the, the carpenter one is gonna stick with me. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> I might have to look that up because maybe I screwed that up. Maybe I copied that yeah, from something check. weird. Hey, our our crack team here at Should You Watch This, we got a lot going on. So yeah. I might have to fire somebody. You might have to. Heads are going to roll. Yeah. Carpenter was never considered. Who's 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 writing these notes, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> Steve? Where, where are you? <laughs> All right. So let's get into Popcorn Redemption because this is where you're you're going to shine, I'm sure. I have exercised the demons. So I have I have some redemptions, but okay. I'll, I'll just jump into it, and we can kind of go back and forth. And again, as always, I have trivia sprinkled in. So, well, but I think that it's important for you to reiterate what popcorn redemption is designed for. Okay, so the reason we have this category is some of, and it wasn't because of you or I, but some of my guests in the past, if we've ever had a bad movie that we didn't like, we, we use, I wanted to end on a, on a high note. Yeah. So right. I'm going, maybe I should tell why I don't like this and then get into redemption. Because, See, that's what I was going to say. Cause cause you, you can't bring in, you cannot bring in your popcorn beefs into popcorn redemption. Well, no, okay? I get if if we're going from the literal standpoint of the category, I can say it in the rating. I can say why yeah. I don't like this. Right. But so you're saying we should have the rating before redemption? No, 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 no. You, I know that you have to to bring in. Um, I, I wouldn't say beefs. I would probably say counterpoints to my redemptions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have a discussion yeah. in redemption. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. I'm not going to crap on it. Well, I'll probably crap on it a little bit, but 
I don't, I, and I have to give a rating at the end and it's not going to be, you know, pleasing to, to you or some of the listeners. Okay. So Anthony Edwards is the only actor who didn't vomit while in the fighter jets. Really? Yes. Holy I, I love that. I love that. It's also goose. Do you think it has to do with his height? I just think he's the best. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe skinny is huh. his stomach's tiny. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Those types know. of things, like his build. That's the only thing I could think of. I'm sure there's some kind of like sci- scientific explanation for why certain people puke and because I mean, and it has to do with age too. I'm sh- I'm I'm assuming. A little bit. Yeah. Because as I've gotten older, yeah. like, I can't handle certain amusement rides. Like, I get on and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm going to puke. But when I was a kid, I uh, well, swing me around all I, day long. Right. I, I think that it also has to do with frequency of those types of activities. Because when, when we were kids, yeah, like, we would spin each other around until we, we almost threw up. So, hmm. like, but no, we're not spinning. Like it's, uh, I'll be honest, sometimes there's the driving in Brazil is is just sometimes that will make you ill just just doing that. So I'm with you on the the amusement park thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, if it's, it's anything like, like Mexico City, uh, I I can hear you. Some, <laughs> some bad. It's a lot like it. I can't. Bad you. drivers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one that I really like that I found out is one of my most favorite composers, Giorgio Mordor, Mor, Mor, Morador, M-O-R-O-D-E-R, Morador, Mordor, Mordor, Giorgio. He sounds Mor- like one of your favorites for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his name just because I don't know like Italian. Well, anyway, he wrote most of the music for the songs on the soundtrack, and he also wrote, get this, the never-ending story score. Oh. Yeah, classic. dude. It's very cool. So, I, I, and he's the guy that, that wrote this. This thing. Yeah, buddy. So good. Oh, man. So good, man. So good, bro. I, I I actually remember buying the soundtrack off of one of those BMG, like <laughs> where you where you pay for two CDs and you get like ten free. You're like, that's the only With one the you stamps. want. Oh man, I, I remember getting it off of that. So yeah, yeah, good soundtrack great soundtrack and not just this song but like the kenny Loggins song the great balls of fire there's other there's even a couple other 80 songs in there they're awesome no it's it's a great soundtrack and like just timeless as well so yeah really great anyway love the composer he uh, music always gets me but he did he did an amazing job so about it Last couple of redemptions I have. The Navy only authorized two actual missile shots to be filmed for the film. You can clearly pick out those two shots. Ultimately shot from several angles, 
each in order to use both shots repeatedly during the dogfighting scenes because the aircraft firing the missiles holding a steady altitude and, and heading something that would never happen in a real close-in dogfight. All other missile shots shown in the film were conducted using miniatures of both the planes and rockets. The company that produced and fired the model missiles did such a good job, listen to this, that the Department of the Navy conducted a preliminary investigation into whether any additional live wow. firings of missiles beyond the two originally authorized. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. This, this brings me to one other thing, though, because in the first podcast we did on, on Top Gun Maverick, we, you, had, you had brought up that it was $10,000 an hour to go for a ride. Yeah. And so I was saying, hey, that is money well spent. Correct. If I could ever, you know, come up with that kind of change, I would I would actually want to do that. But now I'm curious, does that come with one missile? Oh. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a good question. I think you got to add fries with that. Like the missile's got to be extra. <laughs> Do you think do you think it's it's more than ten thousand? For a missile? To fire a missile? Yeah. Well if they only let them fire yeah. two for the whole movie, I mean having a civilian be able to <laughs> pop off a few <laughs> missiles, like I don't know, dude. <laughs> I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. We should just be able to Maybe. get in and fly around and puke in our bags. I, I feel like I would be in the back seat just going, come on. Just shoot one missile. Just shoot one missile. No? Okay, fine. Let me shoot the gun. Just for 30 seconds, let me just pull the trick. No? Okay. Two seconds. Two seconds. Let me just... And that's it. Just shoot. Please. Let me do it. I think we're finding out the reason why the U.S. military doesn't allow civilians in their jets. (laughs) Yeah. Because we'd be hammering buttons and like... Just let me just let me shoot one. Come on, Black Widow. You know you want to do it. (laughs) I say we eject. I say we eject and parachute down. Why not? It looks fun. What's this yellow handle do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There, there would probably be extensive training before you'd be able to do that. More than a day. Like multiple days, I would imagine, even if you could pay the 10 grand or 11 grand or whatever it was to get into the jet. I don't think so, because I've seen on a lot of different like where a some sort of star goes up, like he shows up in the morning and he gets debriefed for like 90 minutes and then gears up and heads on out. I mean, they got to be, unless it's a blanket statement of like, don't touch anything, just sit there. But there's got to be like, hey, if you do this, you're going to pop out of the cockpit. If you do this, you're going to cause the ship to, or the plane to barrel roll or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be some, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it's like one of those student driver cars with the steering wheels on both sides. <laughs> what does this do? <laughs> uh, it's like that. I would imagine they pull some of that out. Right? It's like that scene in Borat where he's like, hello, can we do this? <laughs> oh, man. So I have two really cool redemptions and these both re- 
revolve around Tony Scott, which uh, R.I.P. Tony Scott. And this is the kind of guy he was. And uh, this is this is what I want to go out on with Redemption. But and then I want to hear yours, too. So for the opening of the film, and I kind of touched on this last week, but director Tony Scott wanted to shoot aircraft taking off and landing on the aircraft carrier backlit by the sun. The carrier captain had changed course of the ship. And when Scott asked if the ship could continue on the previous course and speed, he was told that turning the ship would cost another $25,000. Scott then wrote the captain a quick $25,000 check of his own money so the ship could be turned around and he could keep shooting for another five minutes. According to Scott, the check wow. bounced. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. <laughs> uh, here's your money. Can we just turn this thing around, man? <laughs> and that shot, that's the shot in the very last scene where you see the aircraft carrier, the sunset. That's the money shot yeah. at the end of the, of the movie. And it would have, that was the best. Heck of a shot. Yeah, heck of a shot. And then it's this, like, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> he asked him like one of those huge lottery winner <laughs> checks. Like, trust me, I'm good for it. Like, it's good. Yeah. He's like, gets the art department. Hey, can we get a big, like a really big check and I'll sign it for him, <laughs> for the captain? <laughs> uh, yeah. Ugh. So the last one I have is during a break in the filming of the hangar scene, a group of Navy officers being used as extras approached Scott and complained about the unrealistic collection of patches on the flight suits of the actors. He replied, paraphrasing, we're not making this movie for Navy fighter pilots. We're making it for Kansas wheat farmers who don't know the difference. Let me film my movie. <laughs> so uh, I just really like that. I just really like that. So what no, what what do you like about this movie? Uh, here's here's my thing is what isn't there to like? I, I still can't can't grasp how anybody possibly couldn't. I mean, it's got great actors in it, it's got great directors, the action scenes are are incredible. Okay, the dialogue has Dialogues. a little bit to be to, to be desired, but it, I think the the difficulty for anybody who's never seen it before is it, it's from 1986. Like times were absolutely different then, and then if you've certainly seen Top Gun Maverick at this point, and and you're using that as a barometer, but look, man, um, I think. I, I said this with, with Mortal Kombat and, and a couple of other podcasts we've done. Nostalgia just, it, it carries so much through for, for me uh, with with movies. And and it's not even necessarily just like elements of the film that are, are nostalgic, but is there is there much of a, a better era than the 80s and, and 90s? I mean, we kind of made reference to it earlier, but bullet bikes and bomber jackets and aviator sunglasses and then a French kiss that was, you know, super uh, big old no-no in, in the society back then. So I just think that given the time and place and, and that you can still watch it and still enjoy it. 
Um, whether you thought you hated it before or, or whether you're comparing it to Top Gun Maverick, I still think it's something that you can sit down and enjoy. So um, I, I think from a redemption standpoint, it's all of those things. It's, it is the nostalgia. It is the, the era that it took place and, and how it still carries through for me. So maybe what you're saying for me, if I would have not waited to see it on a date with a chick yeah. that hated me, if I would have seen it as a young man when it came out, I would have been, let's see, 86, seven, seven years seven, old, eight years old, seven, eight years yeah. old. I doubt my dad would have taken me to see this because he wasn't a movie goer. But if I would have been able to go with my buddies I there I would it would be like Big Trouble Little China. For me, I was like, this movie is the best. I don't even care if it's you know, there's flaws in it. It's so I I'm probably with you. If I would have been able to see it, I would have been able to get that nostalgia in there and, and I just don't have it. And I also right. I, I feel like the pacing is pretty bad and the, like we said, the dialogue was was not great. But that being said, like, you're right. The, the action sequences are great. I wish there was a little more. I feel like the, the last mission, so to speak, wasn't there wasn't as much weight to it. Like, I didn't feel well, there's some MIGs and we're just flying around. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I liked the idea of a specific mission. We've got to do this. That they it's, train for. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It was just, it was like a matter of fact at the end. It was almost like tacked on for me. And and then the whole thing with, with Goose, like it was very short. It was like so quick. And then all of a sudden we're mourning his death. Like he, and he's dead. And then, I don't know. And we're celebrating, you know, like. Yeah, it's, it's military though, right? Like, <sighs> I mean. That's we we grew up we we grew up with a lot of military people and and they're they're different they're a different breed but but yes I I do feel like if if you could have attached some some good juju to it some some of that nostalgia because I, I, you have to agree nostalgia plays a huge part in in films and your attachment to that that film and you know the eighties and and nineties were just such a special time in the world. I, I, such a special time. Like you, you look at, at like the, the 15 to, to 20 year period from 80 to 90 or 80, or sorry, uh, 80 to 2000 and, and 85 to 2000. Like there's, there's nothing like that, that period. Like there's nothing like how quickly the world moved. Um, but still maintained a, a simplicity that just doesn't exist today. Yeah. But here's another counterpoint to what you were saying though, is, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about the eighties, the dialogue, and you, you're kind of using that as like a, a crutch. Dude, we had die hard. Die hard was an awesome movie <laughs> with like great dialogue and great action sequences, great humor. We had, Rambo. We had mul multiple Rambo's that were awesome. Wait a minute. Okay, you you are dude. The first Rambo, Rambo fan, bro. The first Rambo was nominated for Oscar. No Top Gun movies. Plenty been, of nominations 
This had Bro. plenty of nominations. No. Nah, dog. Let's see. I'm looking this up. This is no way, dude. Right. Top Gun. Now, now I'm interested. It'll show me right here. Awards. But you, you look, I, I, I fully admit the dialogue is was not phenomenal. I, I fully, fully admit that. But there's still plenty of amazing movies with, with lacking dialogue. And I think this is one. Oh, this is just going to make me look even better. So I'm glad you brought this up. Winner, Oscar, Best Music, Original Score, Giorgio Mordor. Mordor. <laughs> so that's the only one they won, was the thing that I pointed out, which was the very best. Wait, you saw? You said Rambo won an Oscar? Yeah. Maybe it was nominated. For what? <laughs> Maybe it was just not. Yeah. Stop yeah, breaking is, down my what I said. points. Okay. okay? Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there are there are other movies that are really watchable that don't that have better dialogue. That's all I'm saying. Uh, there's got to be so many people listening going, "Ooh, man, I don't hey. know if you want to bring Rambo into dude." The first this, Rambo is this dope. fight. Dude, the first Rambo I, is I don't really good. I, really good. Brother, you, you and I saw like Rambo 5 in the theater together. I, I mean, think it was Rambo we did. 5. Could have been Rambo 6. But uh, yeah. um, I, whatever one they, we went down the river on. So That's 4. Um, That's 4. That's 4. Okay. Yeah. I did, so we, I did we podcasts for all these. <laughs> Go listen to them. I know. I know that. <laughs> I know. That's why. That's why I'm saying like. You clearly have an attachment to to the Rambo series, but look. It, hey, I, I have an attachment I, to the '80s. I have an attachment to Stallone. I have an attachment to Schwarzenegger. I have an attachment Tom to Cruise. Tom Cruise. I just don't think yeah. this was well, as good as is. And even the critics agree with me, but it's okay. Yeah, but uh, okay. So, but here, and, and your I, wife. I want your wife disliked it. Yes, for the same reasons which we don't agree very often, but we all of a sudden we found common ground on Top Gun. Huh. I just want to know how Top Gun, is it only nostalgia that, that bumps it above Maverick for you? I would probably say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, you go back and listen to, to our podcast on, on Top Gun Maverick and like that, that movie just brought back this fire for movies inside my soul like yeah. it's such an unbelievably amazing movie that just is so old school cinema that um, I think it is just the the nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Hey, and this is probably uh, supporting your your points, but it was also nominated for best sound, best film editing, and best effects. And best sound effects. Yeah, you know, if, I don't know if you remember me me talking about talked of Maverick being like a career maker for so many. This, like everything you just listed off for this one, is is like these these are career makers for folks. Yeah, because it's such a challenging movie to to make, and that's why I don't think you have many um, many movies that that have you know. A, a extended amount of of jets in them and, yeah. and fighting. Do you think so, Maverick gets cuz now we have 10 slots for 
for best picture. I don't think it can win, but do you think it makes it into the top 10 and as a nominee for best picture? No, dude. No, I think not, it, not, I think it, not in today's. No, I, th- I think it has a chance. I think it has a chance to make it in. It's just so it's, I think because the sheer. A, do volume. I think it should? Yes, I I one hundred percent think it should. But like they're they're all this woke equity based. Like you you have to have equal representation and like I just I I think that just because they include really crappy movies. For the sake of equity, I I think that it gets booted out because of that. But if it were all on merit, it it would absolutely be in there. Mm-hmm. Like who who is it going against? I, you probably don't have the list, but that's something that I would I would love to to know. I mean, let's see. Okay, so this is the this is Buzzfeed. So take that okay. for what it's worth. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're giving us a list of 23 films that could win an Oscar. Obviously, the nominations aren't out yet. But after Yang, The Bad Guys is an animated film. Oh, The Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down yeah, for that. I, I never saw it. Cha-Cha Real Smooth, I heard, is really great. Crimes of the Future. Doctor Strange. If Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is in, is in the conversation, Top Gun can be in the conversation. Downton Abbey, the new the new version, the, the sequel, Elvis. Uh, See, Elvis will be in there. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I haven't seen, and it's a tragedy that I haven't. It looks so great. Fire of Love, I don't know what that is. Leave No Trace. Lightyear, Lightyear the animated film by Di- the Disney. Marry Me. I'm starting to lose interest on this. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, and it, but this is this is my point, though. The Northman, yeah, they, probably. They have to include so many of these. Like, dude, number to twenty. The, top Gun Maverick is on the list. So in your top twenty, yeah, of course. Well, I'm there on BuzzFeed's list saying that it it could be in contention. Yeah, no, it it look it absolutely should be. I'm just saying that. They always have to pull like an LGBTQ movie in. They have to pull, and that's fine. A, that's totally fine, man. There's ten. There's ten slots. We can have so many. Why can't we have Top well, Gun I, in that I, list? Well, I think it should all be done based on merit. But okay, yes. Well, yeah, I'm. In there. I quote. I think it was Morgan Freeman because there was all that talk about that year that the Oscars got whitewashed. And they were mm-hmm. interviewing Morgan Freeman about like, you know, why, why aren't there more African-American a- actors nominated? And of course, the next year there was most, most of them were, which was great. But, but Morgan Freeman was like, listen, you got to act the part in order to get nominated. If you're a great actor, you're going to get nominated. Do everything you can to get nominated. Not just, just your craft. That's just, and I, and I, I we, we can go too deep into this but i just yeah. i'm just saying that i think tom tom cruise's top gun should should be in the in the mix i agree okay. i 100 percent agree all right anything else that we need to talk about no man i i think we've we've covered it and we i think we've covered it from really both angles so and you're and I you're giving you're giving so, it 
you have to give it a golden bucket then. Oh, 100%. Yes. All right. I cannot. I cannot with good conscience. I, I'm, I told you, I probably originally, before seeing it again, I'd give would have given it a small bucket, but I, I'm in a, I'm a medium. So you upgraded. No, I'm saying going into it, I was probably at a small bucket. At, after watching it again, I did upgrade, but not from yeah. when we were talking about it last week. No, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I think that's fair, man. I, I think that's that's fair, and and I'm I'm glad that you watched it again. Certainly disappointed that it, that it it didn't carry the, the the weight that I feel it should. But hey, hey, and you know what? I we're gonna have to decide for themselves. I have both movies now in my uh, catalog, so there's gonna be let's say the ratio is every four times I watch Maverick, I'm probably gonna throw in the first one. Oh yeah, but I for sure yeah, watch it on like a one. rainy Saturday. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other one, like, I'm I'm inviting people over. Hey, check out my theater. We're watching Top Gun Maverick. You don't have a yeah, choice. Buddy. Yeah. Any, awesome. any parting thoughts? You know, I, I say this every single time, but I love being on the pod. I love that you do this thing and you do it so damn well. Thank um, you. And I, I always appreciate being on the pod, brother. No, I, I'm... I'm glad you're here, and I, I also say it a lot, but I'm glad I have really cool people to support me, and I'm glad that I have uh, friends like you um, that that want to do it, but are also movie lovers, and it's easy. We always talk about how movies brings people together, but yeah, it's fun. I love it. I, I love movies, and I'm going to keep doing it until, no until I can't do it anymore. My man. Well, we got to go out with this this music yes we uh, do that's it for this week but i'm with you always look for me in the cloud at popcorn priest i love movies and i would love it if you'd share the love share this with the movie lover in your life another way to support the show is by throwing a few shekels at the priest visit patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest and see what extra perks you can enjoy if you made it this far Go, go, give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. I command thee. As always, thanks for listening, and thanks to my special guest, Dan Hangman Sakulich. Always a pleasure, buddy. And remember, when you watch movies, you can pop off, pop in, or pop out. But always bring the popcorn.